Today we're hosting our first guest, Zane Mir. Uh, I'm not sure too much about what Zane does in his free time. Uh, one thing that I do know is that he likes to go to the gym and he likes to do Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Instead of talking about all that, today we decided to hone in on a key backbone of uh, Zane's morality and where his values come from. So uh, we centered the discussion around Zane's objective retelling uh, and moral criteria of Islam while we fill in some gaps about Hinduism. Uh, and a note is a note to consider for the viewer or listener. Neither of us, neither me, Sham, nor Zane, are speaking 100% our honest opinion as individuals. We're instead pushing uh, our, we're pushing more towards our spiritual opinions. So anything that you may hear in this podcast that sounds offensive, don't take it as an example of our character. And without further ado, let's bring in Zane as our guest. Just talking about, this is our guest, let's introduce our guest first. Right. right. You introduce yourself. Yeah, you introduce yourself. My name is Zane. Hold on, I'm going to get the Oreos real quick. Yeah. I need these before I start. <laughs> okay. So, a couple days ago, me and Sean just had a very introspective conversation. So he decided that I would be a good host for the podcast. I mean, not host, yeah. Yes, yes, yeah. We are so. talking about, or I guess he was learning about Hinduism, I was learning about Islam, and then he was also talking about Islamic history. But we can start with what we were just talking about before this. So we were, you know, he saw that he saw a poker table, like, or he, was, he saw oh, some poker, okay. yeah. He saw something poker related, and he asked because gambling is haram in right, Islam, yeah. right? Yeah. So he asked, uh, "What about or what's the view of it in Hinduism?" I explained to him. Do you know the story in the Mahabharat? Mm-hmm. I don't. Okay, so basically, oh, like how they lost everything. Yeah, they yeah, lost their bit. The essential part is that. The protagonist in the story, I guess, they lost their entire kingdom gambling. So, if so, these texts are what we're supposed to look at and like, like learn from and content. learn from. Yeah. So, it's you could say not dharmic. Yeah. So, so and he asked if it was forbidden, right? Or he asked if it's uh, what like what would yeah, happen? Does that make it, does that mean it's forbidden? So I was like explaining to him that there's nothing really like forbidden. Hinduism? Yeah, because yeah. it's, it's just... It's, it's like strongly advised not to go against it. It's not an advice, bro. It's just like, this is dharma and this is how you should live. Sure, yeah. But the punishment, there's no... Like, okay, so what What do you... Like, when something is forbidden in Islam, what does that mean? Like, you're not a Muslim if you do it? No. That means that if you do it, then it's a sin. It's a sin. Yeah, so... And what, what does a sin mean? So a sin entails that... Um, so the idea is that, you know, you've heard that, right? Like you have one angel on your right side and one angel on your left side, right? I haven't heard that. Either. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. I don't know. I thought that was just a thing. So, so you have one angel. So you have two angels that are always watching you. Okay. And one is documenting all your good deeds and one is documenting all your bad deeds. Mm-hmm. And so you just have this like documentation of your entire life. Mm-hmm. So if you do something that's haram. Yeah. It's going to be documented as a bad thing. Yeah. Okay, this is something bad that you did. Yeah. You have so many good deeds, this many bad deeds. 
and it's not that you know if your bad deeds outweigh good deeds that means you go to hell it's not like a calculation like that but the idea is that it gets written down as something you did bad there are nuances to it like for example you you have six hours and if you do a good deed it gets written down immediately or even if you think about doing a good deed that can also get written down if you do a bad deed you have six hours to repent before it actually gets written down so within that six hours if you repent then you actually don't get and it doesn't get written at all so then it won't be presented upon you on the day of judgment how would you repent so there's two types like so you have like minor repentance and major repentance so if you do something that's considered a major sin for example adultery so like cheating on your wife right or interest right um if you do that you have to do something called tolba. meaning like it, taking interest on a loan mm-hmm. collecting interest on collecting interest from someone collecting interest from someone would be definitely worse mm-hmm. so uh, um that's interesting yeah yeah so that 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 is a process called tolba, and you really it's just more of like a sincere form of forgiveness so you know there's no like uh like puja or like there's no like ceremony that involves anyone but you just kind of sit there um and you have to promise that like you won't do it again um and you just have to understand the severity of it basically you just have to feel bad um and you know so long as you can you can do good deeds to make up for it but as long as you're demonstrating and so there's certain things you say like you've probably heard people say like astaghfirullah or something like that so that is just asking God to forgive you. So you, you can say that there's certain, like, we call them the was. Oh, sure. So there's certain, like, things you can say. Um, but the thing about Toba is that for every time you commit a major sin, you have to have, like, a moment of repentance for that specific time. But when it comes to minor sins, like... Um, you know, like, say, like, watching pornography or something, all your minor sins, can, they can kind of be forgiven in, like, one instance. So you just, like, you ask for forgiveness for all your sins, and all your minor sins kind of get washed away. So, like, there's, like, a saying that says, like, if you recite this certain thing after each prayer, then all of your sins will be forgiven, even if they amount to as much foam as there is in the sea. Um... But that's not necessarily including major sins, because for every time you do that, you, that needs to that entails its own repentance. Uh, but for all the minor sins, um, you know, uh, if you just do like a basic stuff for Allah, like forgive me for my sins, things like that, like you're saying between yourself and God, then that goes away. Okay. But as far as major sin goes, that just requires. So that's the main difference. Okay. I see. So, like for us, the idea is karma. So, if something, if you do something bad, then that exact same bad thing will happen to you. So, yeah, so if you are like, if you are racist to someone, and then in the future, someone will be someone racist, will be racist to, you. to you. That that's the idea. It's not. So it's, it differs in the idea that in this case, sins are preventing you from going to heaven. This is just. In the material world alone, the same thing will happen to you. At some point, at some life. Yeah. Like, have you heard this karma carry over? Does it carry over between lifetimes? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. it does. Yeah, so, I guess, 
the we we believe that if you do good, you know, eventually you're going to be rewarded for it. It may be so that we have dunya, you know what that is, and then we have the afterlife is called akhirah. Mm-hmm. So at some point, any good you do, you're going to be rewarded for it. You might have rewards in the dunya, um, or there might be waiting for you in the akhirah. Who knows? You don't know. But like for example, if I do good, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the, what I'm trying to say is, I might get rewarded here. Allah might give me like riches. You know, I might have a beautiful wife, like, or just like not physically beautiful, but you know, like I might have a wife that I'm very pleased with. I might, I might be very happy, have a good family, and I'm staying with my prayers and everything. That can be a form of Allah rewarding you right now. But what I'm saying is, you might commit a lot of good deeds, and you feel like you're not seeing that. Mm-hmm. Or you feel like nothing good is coming to you, and that I, I guess what I'm trying to say is that reward is being saved for you later on. So, um, if you do something bad, you know, something bad can happen to you. It's all the will of Allah. Whatever He decides, that's what happens. So He can decide that He might do that same thing to you, or whatever. I mean, it's already been decided, right? But. Um, if you seek forgiveness for that sin, you won't be punished for it in the dunya or the akhirah. If you seek forgiveness and you're forgiven. Okay. Yeah. So in terms of like for karma, like the time period in which you're going to receive the like equal or whatever equal in karma, it's or at least what I believe that, you know, like Bhagavan will make sure it happens at the right time. You know? Yeah, yeah. So it's, it, I guess it's similar in that way. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like for example, if you, uh, even if you use the same example, like someone is racist to you, and karma, or by, by karma, that same thing should happen to you, but one will ensure it happens at the right time. Yeah. Like often, whenever. In order for you to grow the most, or like spiritually grow the most. Okay. Yeah. I guess I kind of like a, a question that steps off of it. And a lot of, like, even in the Brothers Karamazov, a big argument for, like, against, like, the existence of a God is that, like, there's suffering that exists in the world. Mm-hmm. So what does Islam say about that? Yeah. So there's different levels to heaven, right? And, um, like, so we, the highest level is called Jamatil for those. And there's about, I think there's seven heavens, maybe eight. Um, and so... I mean, if I look at the life that I have right now, and I look at somebody that's in Syria or Palestine mm-hmm. or anywhere, you know, um, it's going to be a lot easier for that person to enter the highest level of Jannah than it is for mm-hmm. me because of the hardships that they've endured in this life. So for every hardship you go through, every time you're sick, you know, every difficulty you go through, there's good, you get rewarded for that. Um, so, I mean, there's, it was even said somewhere, I don't remember the source, but like sometimes, um, say Allah wants you to go to this, you know, the sixth heaven or the seventh heaven and the good deeds that you're going to surmount in your entire lifetime are only going to qualify you for the fourth or the fifth one, according Mm -hmm. to his judgment. So throughout your entire lifetime, you haven't committed enough good deeds to reach this level that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants you to go to. So, 
what he will do is he'll send a hardship your way or he'll send a difficulty your way in order to qualify you for that higher level because you haven't gone there in good deeds. So then does everyone have a chance at that higher level? Sure. I mean, why not? It's just when we live really easy lives, you know, we can, of course, we can surmount good deeds, but um, it's a little bit more difficult because our desire for God is a little bit harder, you know? Yeah. So sometimes, like, something that is said, it's like if you don't pray, you know, you're, you're far away from the religion, but you're still having a really good life, you should be afraid. Because that means that Allah has given you the dunya, but that means He might not have given you the akhirah. And obviously, you know, one is eternal. So so is it balanced then? Like for you and then whoever is living in Palestine or Syria? Yeah, I mean... Meaning like, you might have the opportunity to... I can go to Jannatul for those, right? Yeah. But because of the hardships they've endured... It's easy. And the fact that they've stayed with their faith... Yeah. They probably deserve that. More. Right? So, like, um, the, maybe the idea is that if I went through those hardships, I might have lost my religion or something like that. Yeah, that makes sense. So maybe I'm not as deserving of it. And that's why we're placed in these different positions. Yeah. I mean, for us, it's like your soul. Your soul so you, for, we believe in rebirth, right? So you get rebirth. Oh, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. You get a... Uh, you get reborn into different lives so that you experience all these things. So you experience like the entire array of experiences. Yeah. Your soul does. You won't remember it in your current lifetime, but your soul will. Mm-hmm. And when your soul has reached this like ultimate, like you've experienced everything there is, then that's when it becomes liberated. And then there's like, there's different beliefs. So some people believe your soul is different from God. Some people believe your soul becomes one with God itself. Yeah, yeah. But the end goal is your soul is liberated. So is everybody's soul born at the same time? Meaning what? Okay, so... I don't know. I, I thought there existed a belief that all of us are the same and that you experience a different life. Or like you're experiencing a life that I might experience in the future based off my karma. Or you're experiencing a life that I might have experienced in the past based yeah. off my karma. Yeah. So like we're all one. Belief. Yeah. Like maybe, like, I guess if everybody has their own soul, then like, have you lived, if you've lived 70 lives, if your soul has gone through so many, is it possible that my soul has, was born at one point and it's only gone through three lives? Or that everybody's soul started at this one point and we've all just been living different lives since then? So you're asking like, are, like, are me and you at the same point? Like our how in terms of how many life works. Okay, like if there's if there's a baby that's born, right? Yeah. Is there a chance that that baby's a completely new soul, or has that is that baby certainly the reincarnation of someone else? Uh, while he's thinking, I'll give my opinion. Okay. Or like the the so this is what I personally believe in. So this is what I know a lot more about. And uh, it's saying basically like Bhagwan is like collective consciousness, and it's like we're we experience like everything, like all of life. So I could be shaman in my next life or like in some lives later down. So it's not like there's a new soul. It's just we're all the same soul and we're experiencing everything. And this entire, like it's just created for us to experience all that. Okay. 
Yeah. I mean, I think there's I think there's multiple belief systems about that. Yeah. But I'm inclined to agree with that as well. Okay. More. More question. Uh, oh, we were just okay. I guess let's let's get to the controversy. We were discussing this before, and it's a question that comes up a lot in terms when it comes to Islam. But Prophet Muhammad and his wife, the age difference is something. That's like the like what is it like beating stick for Islam? Beating stick right. for Hinduism is caste system. Yeah. Right. Beating stick is for Islam is their prophet, mm-hmm. or like not their prophet, but his marriage. Yeah, yeah. specifically this one instance. Yeah. So. Yeah. Let's uh, address that, I guess, from your perspective. Yeah. And I, I guess after that, we can address the caste system as well. I, I yeah. And so something that I, that I find interesting, I guess, to set up the to set up my argument, is that if you look at like the time, like Islam has uh, has always been divisive, not within, but it has always caused controversy, or it has always been, you know source of like conflict from the outside so if you look at the time that the prophet was alive there were a lot of attacks on his character and you know the th- things that he did and the practices that he had but one thing that people actually never uh, attacked him on was Aisha or, and their marriage being at the age when she was nine um, so like this this argument is fairly recent, and I, um, and I, I, I contribute it to the fact that we're becoming more and more detached from what their way of living was, opposed to ours. So just, I mean, just to clear off anything, um, like just to clear any assumptions, she wasn't like a prepubescent child or anything like that, um, but she was, she was of. Uh, like she was past puberty um, but the idea is that that was not an atypical age for people to get married um, so she she actually was about to have another marriage before she married Muhammad so it wasn't something that she was thrown into um, but it was just about the time that people got married back then and obviously she was mature enough um, physically uh, you know which is like I mean how do you mental maturity like I could make the argument that she was mentally mature but I think that's irrelevant I mean you could say that about like a five year old so that's too subjective um, but um, what was I talking about so I was saying yeah she was physically she's, she was physically matured she was physically matured and it was like the custom at the time and I think to draw yeah. a like comparison, oh, I guess. So okay. yeah, so she was she was gonna get married anyway, okay. and most people did around that time. I mean, even it was not just girls, but also men. And then also you have to take into account like um, the lifespan of people in those eras and stuff like that. To where like even if you look at um, like colonial America in the eighteen hundreds boys were getting married at like 12 or 13 okay and this is just a couple of hundred years ago you know so if you want to take that back even farther to 1400 years ago you just have to use presentism which was something i was telling sham about it's just like 
this ideology that you have to take into account like the, the, the customs of a time um, and just everything that surrounds that time before you can start objectively judging it. Yeah, I, I was gonna also draw an example from uh, uh, like colonial America to justify your point. And like our cultures and customs are so different from back, or even from colonial America. Mm-hmm. And I guess you're saying that you can't really judge something like that based off our cultures and customs today. Yeah, I mean, there was slavery, right? Yeah, and slavery was just considered. Yeah, um, I mean, we were just so, you know, there's a huge customs gap. And I, specifically, it bothers me when Christians make that argument, or when Christians make the argument of multiple wives, because they don't, I'm like, I don't, I don't want to make a general argument or generalize about Christians, but there is like a lack of education on their own scripture because okay. the way the religion is, is they learn a lot from their pastor and, you know, a lot of people don't like sit down and read the Bible themselves. So maybe people would have read that like King Solomon had hundreds of wives, mm-hmm. but they don't. And then they attack Islam when the Bible hasn't made a claim on it and we're just the ones that actually decided to restrict it to four right. and, you know, even discourage that practice for yeah. most men. Okay. So, so, like, for me, I, I would, like, I would concede the points that, right, she was of physical maturity and, you know, the customs were different then. Mm-hmm. Okay, all right. I guess that's the point I really want to discuss. Right? So, in colonial America... These boys were marrying at a younger age, right? But we're looking at the age difference, right? So, like, being, or is, I don't know if they, they don't know the exact age, but like, approximately, how old was Muhammad at the time? So, I think we should know the exact age of Muhammad. The thing is, nobody knows the exact age of Aisha. Yeah, because I mean, it's another customs thing. Her so life where, wasn't documented, huh? Her, or like, it was, but it was just like people weren't very concerned about birthdays. Yeah, especially because yeah. Arabs. They ran on a different calendar as well. Mm-hmm. And so not like, to cut you off too, it's like there's still people in the world. They don't know. Yeah, birthdays. I mean, I don't know. Like a lot of in, like a lot of us immigrant kids, like our parents don't know yeah, when right. their birthdays are. Yeah, might have a general idea of what year they were born or something like that. Mm-hmm. But I don't want to generalize. I would. Just, <laughs> I don't. I don't want to generalize either. But it no, is I, a common. My, my dad knows his birthday, but like my dad's brother doesn't. Yeah, it's a common occurrence for them not to know. It might be like a like. Rural versus rural city. City. Yeah. Yeah. So like Some people make the argument That Aisha was 15 to 16 mm-hmm. so there, There's room for speculation um, But the, If you're arguing about the age gap Then the age gap is always there Yeah it's So would it be safe to say That the age gap Was at least 20 years Yeah Like under any speculation Okay Okay So I think that's what people are Finding an issue about I have an issue with the age gap so, like for me personally, I, I, I explained this to Zane also, we had right, this discussion. Right, right. But, like marriage is a thing between two people, wait, between two people of, like, of similar age. Yeah. And the reason for that is because if you're at that similar age point, when you live together, you're gonna like grow together, like spiritually, mm-hmm. like just your relationship itself, love, yeah, yeah. like, Based on my beliefs, that's what I believe marriage is, right? That yeah, and I, obviously I tend to fall in line with what yeah. you're saying. That, so that's for me, that's what marriage is. 
And I think a lot of people or a lot of different faiths would have the same belief that that's what marriage is. I mean, I don't know. Like, I'm not versed in like Christianity or Judaism. Or I'm, I'm like pretty well versed in Christianity, and I wouldn't say, like, I, I don't think they have like a strong thing on marriage, as he was saying. Okay. Yeah. Like, I they mean, didn't, they didn't lie on specific principles. Okay. Like, okay. This is what marriage is. Yeah. Like, it is a religious thing, but it's not like, uh, it's like it's like something where they're saying. Like you're gonna share like your values with her, and she's gonna share her values with you, whatever. But it's not like uh, like it, there's no specification on age. Okay. Yeah. I would think that a lot of older cultures would tend to agree with what I said, including yeah. like Hindus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. I guess. I mean, so so you think that like uh, the fact that he married someone, I mean, I'm saying it goes both ways. Like his first wife was a lot older than him. Yeah. And then now this wife is younger than him. Yeah. So like it, it can't be. So some would argue that that's like a like that there's like sexism present. I guess that argument doesn't stand because yeah. we see both sides of it. Yeah. So. Or even like the idea that his first wife was the one that proposed to him. Yeah. Or that his first wife was his employer. Oh, so okay. like a lot of people think that Islam doesn't give. I'm gonna just digress for a second. Yeah. Like a lot of people think that Islam doesn't give women rights, but like rights to work or something like that. But like his first, his first wife, um, he was solely married to her for twenty years until she died, and she was also his employer. And like she owned the company that he was working for. Yeah. Um, so like any notion like that is, you know, you can typically shut that down pretty quickly. Yeah. So um, we're not looking at the issue of like sexism here mm-hmm. when it comes. But to just marriage. an age gap in just, general. Just yeah, the principles of marriage. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, the thing, the thing about Islam is that everything is clear-cut right this is right this is wrong wrong. okay so we can't say that marrying somebody 20 years younger than you or older than you is wrong oh like definitely this is like like this is law right like what we what we do is law like yeah and sharia law is illegal to marry someone that is prepubescent yeah or technically like it's illegal to cheat on your wife like that's a death sentence Mm -hmm. right the evidence threshold for these things are pretty high. Right. So it's like you don't get prosecuted that often. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're not supposed to talk about your sins either. So like if you did cheat on your wife, you should try to put your best to not make sure everybody knows about that. But um, it's not allowed for us. Like it's not... Well, I guess God... My, my belief is that God decided that that's not important so I so yeah, I go to agree with that and I just think that yeah. it's not something that you can be punished by okay. or not something that you're deserving punishment of okay. so the prophet is a messenger right mm-hmm. so he's he's supposed to show us the things that we're allowed to do the things that we should do um, so is he implying through this is he implying that you should marry someone that's 20 years younger than you or 20 years older than you i mean no because it's going both ways so there's no preference for another i think what the point of that is is that it's not the most relevant thing okay or that we're not going to tell you what's right or wrong Uh maybe that's that's room for creative liberty Mm -hmm. but that's not something that god will judge you on Mm -hmm. he's not going to judge you on how you know how much older or younger your wife is than you okay so that's what that ruling is and i guess it's just irrelevant for us 
and um, you know what whatever cultural beliefs we have about marriage we can impose that upon ourselves right. so I guess like then my question is so like a lot of Christians today would like find that wrong but then is that just it's not because of Christianity it's because of their culture today they would find a large age gap wrong yeah yeah I mean uh, it's definitely not because of Christianity okay are there stories in the Bible? Yeah, so Mary was 12 years old and her husband... Was she 12? I thought she was 15. Well... Around that age. Okay. I, don't, I don't know the exact age. Yeah. But do you know how old her husband was? Older. He was like, like 90. Older. But he... No. Like Joseph? He was 90. Yeah, Joseph was 90. He was 90? I okay. thought he was 90. Like Before I saw Okay. Jamie. <laughs> Let, let's get this right. Yeah, he's like twenty. No, 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 not Joseph. Okay. Uh, Thirty-six to forty. Oh, this is this is what I'm looking at for some reason. Says Joseph's man. I don't know where I got this info. From. He's not. He. I don't think he's not here. Well, this is like such a mess. What's yeah. the, uh, look? What the argument against it is? So there's nothing about their age in the Bible, but they had they had an age gap, right? So like, I think historically. There might have been some evidence, but I think yeah, he was like, we don't marry. Was like, says Joseph was more. Slightly. Yeah, now I'm saying it's twenty. She was a minor to today's standard. I guess they don't know how old he was. So it's like it could have been like fifteen and twenty. Jo- the yeah, it's like it. Yeah, the assumption based on practices at the time, but how much older is that? So they don't really. He's like, he's like twenty to thirty, I'd say. Twenty to thirty. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's what you went to Christian school, so that's mm-hmm. what you learned. That's yeah. He would know. I don't know where I get this twelve to ninety thing from. It's still an age gap, though. I mean, it's like fifteen. Somebody's talking about that number, but fifteen and a twenty-year-old, basically, or like in the mid-twenties, you could say. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. But um, I mean, like the Quran and the Bible, like all these stories are similar. So I'm sure some instance of it exists somewhere, but there's nowhere in the Bible that discourages, yeah, like a large age gap. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I think most Christians, the reason why they is their principles on age and marriage, there's like a hole there. Like it's not something that they thought was important enough to mention in the Bible. Yeah. So Same. they, I guess they make up whatever, like their opinions on something like that through using today's laws and culture. And it's not a, and it's not like a widely held Muslim belief that there should be an age gap in your marriage. Yeah, right. 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 Yeah. I mean, most, it doesn't matter. most of us are, I mean like my parents, their age gap is within a couple of months. Yep. Um, yeah. But my grandma. I mean, they're all they're all pretty close. They're all within like five years, which you know some Americans will do way more than that. Yeah. Um, so I think it's not a religious matter. Okay. I think that's like not a, you know. Yeah. Right. So um, I guess it's just like something that we don't we don't really care. And like, unless it's below you or unless it's prepubescent yeah unless yeah. you're prepubescent it's like an age of consent thing yeah it's like after 18 yeah there's free reign yeah right so like if you're 90 you can marry someone who's 18, 18. yeah you know and that age gap becomes irrelevant after that certain point yeah and even in America irrelevantly like legally wise yeah. even in America there's there's three states it's like I don't. I know Idaho is one of them. Um, but there's a few states where you can get married at any age, with parental permission, 
and that's how Islam works. Not that you can get married at any age, but that um, like as long as you have parental consent and you know yeah. you're post pubescent. So like I guess they, it seems to be in accordance with even modern day law. Yeah, you know, and something I think like an idea that I like to think about is if you look at like I mean we share the same a lot of the same cultural beliefs the same cultural practices, like whether or not it's derived from Hinduism or it is, you know? And like nowadays, those beliefs are held as conservative. But yeah. if we look at the course of history, because we know from the Quran that these beliefs have been ours for 1,400 years. We know that for a fact. If we look at the time uh, from when it was revealed, to probably the 18 or 1900s it was like a rad radically liberal belief but now we're moving into an era where we're seen as conservative and even archaic sometimes so i think it's interesting how you know like people like to see us as backwards but that's just because we're firm in our belief and even when we were you know like radically liberal we were still firm in that same belief so it's irrelevant to us what other people think yeah. So, do you think that same goes for your cultural beliefs? Or yeah, this, this is what we've thought for a thousand five hundred years, and you know now the Western world is telling me that um, I'm backwards or that I'm behind now, just because they've decided to progress. But I think that this has always been right. Yeah, I would say most like Senatanese are firm in their belief. Like they're, I mean, like they're not like oh because the West said we're wrong, we're wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think you said like our beliefs as well as your beliefs they're they're being held today as conservative. Mm -hmm. So that's yeah, that's something I have had agree with. Yeah, I think like just like the ideas that have been like there was like a I think it's just probably throughout most of history that like the ideas that we've held haven't been accepted. Mm -hmm. Okay, if we're moving in that direction, I'd like to ask what uh, or your view like your spiritual view on homosexuality is yeah so there's like there's that's a sexual desire that mm -hmm. someone can have right if yeah. you're a man you can have this sexual desire to be with another man mm -hmm. okay i'm afraid about this going on air right now <laughs> that's fine if, it's, if um, it gets like too bad we can just cut this part out if i'm just if i have I'm to just like but yeah curious. if it gets a lot of views <laughs> let's go. honestly yeah yeah, yeah. It's, we have to understand, and we accept this nowadays, that not every type or form of our sexual desires is okay. Yeah. Okay, sometimes you can think about incest yeah. or pedophilia, mm -hmm. okay? And not that I'm comparing gay people to pedophiles, yeah, right. okay. but the idea is that not every sexual desire that humans have is okay. So, you know, if you have this sexual desire you, we all, most men, right, vast majority of men, have an intense sexual desire for a woman. Right. So we've been given a means through that, through marriage, and we can pursue that. Mm -hmm. um, and any other form of sexual desire is deemed as unokay. So, so like you can have the desires where you can't act on you it? You can have the desires. That's not wrong. And there's nothing you can do about it. I mean, like... It is what it is, and like I was saying, when God gives you a hardship, and you use that as an opportunity to turn to Him, 
then you're going to get rewarded for it. Yeah. Yeah. So if you look at it through that lens, instead of trying to force everybody to tell you that it's okay, you know? Mm -hmm. So instead of just like trying to perpetuate the belief that love is love and all forms of love are okay, um, maybe it's just a struggle that you're going through. I mean, that's the Islamic belief and we don't really have that problem but you know like who knows what direction this shit is heading yeah. Right. yeah where people just keep pushing onto us that any form of sexual desire I have yeah. is okay I, I see a and lot it gets like it gets vastly more aggressive mm-hmm. like every single year it gets more and more aggressive yeah I've seen like to have like I don't know this this might actually get me cancelled but there's a lot of pedophiles out there that don't actually act on any of their urges and they try to go get help yeah it's like like psychological treatment or whatever yeah and like yeah and like the argument that it's unfair that like in islam that straight people get to fulfill their desires and gay people don't like that's true that it is unfair but that's why you'll get rewarded if you don't act on that and even like with the idea that like straight people get to fulfill their desires there's still a lot of sexual desires for straight people that's forbidden like and yeah, yeah that and also just like cheating on your wife or mm-hmm. even before dating marriage. before marriage like there's yeah. like we have all these like there's all these rules exactly. so yeah so it's just like there's restrictions there's a lot of restrictions on sexual desires yeah and i mean somebody uh like that has already abandoned you know sex before marriage or something like society or the world the, the society that we live in in america they've already moved past that yeah um so yeah, there's I mean there's a lot of nuance to it yeah and it's not like uh, we're specifically like targeting gay people and we're saying because you're gay this is wrong like, no this can this can be you know it's just a hardship that people have yeah and it can go the right way yeah even if you wanted to like argue against that you could say that uh, like straight people in America like act on or they they have more rights to act on their sexual desires than like straight Muslims you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, because even Hindus, here, bro, it's not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, so like, for us, it's just been culturally passed down, right? Mm-hmm. Dating's it's not allowed. No, I mean, my parents, my belief, I feel like most people, it's not, it's not allowed dating before marriage. Yeah. 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 I mean, there's just like a lot of. Um, or is it dating before marriage, or is it like like the wrong partner, whatever? Like you can't date multiple people. Because then, how, how else are you going to get to know someone? Is it no, arranged? No. Yeah, no. That's, that's okay. The belief is basically that, okay, it's not forced. Forced and arranged marriage are very different. Yeah, yeah that's, right? that's also hard on. Yeah. Ar- arranged marriage, the way it works for my pair. So, at any point, the boy or girl is allowed to say yes or no. Okay. Mm-hmm. But the, it's, the parents set it up because, and this is true, all right? Like, arranged marriage couples are gen not for all okay it works out whatever but generally arranged marriage work couples work out better than like if you if you're especially if you're looking at like the love marriage couples in yeah. america mm-hmm. like what is the divorce, divorce rate rates here? are high yeah. what is it 52 percent is it really something like that it's so more people get divorced I than, yeah it's sticking together okay so this idea that parents know best is not radical <laughs> Right, and the the other idea is that you'll grow to love whoever, right? Like I am so comfortable in this idea that right. Like I was talking about this with someone. Okay, thirty-five to fifty percent. That's crazy. It's like unreal. Yeah. yeah, I was talking about this with someone. All right, and they're like, 
You would really be okay with an arranged marriage? I'm I'm so comfortable in that idea, bro. Okay, yeah. that you'll like grow to love this person. If you both have the same values, right? Then the, and you get to know them. The only so to your like question, you don't get to know them. You like during the initial meeting. You can even have a couple meetings. It can be however long, right? Yeah, before. Yeah, yeah. Before. Like I mean, that's how you get to know them. But. You don't need to spend time. You don't need to spend three years with them to know if you're going to get married to them or not. Yeah, because yeah. uh, I've actually heard from Lex Friedman and the, or she's like some psychologist for the Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial, and she's saying that a lot of people initially in America, at least, whenever they get married, there's always like a honeymoon period for like one or two or three years, at least mostly before they have their children, where there's not like it's not like rational thinking. Yeah. And they just do everything because they're in love with the other person. Well, Eventually, that that fades down, and then they realize that they're in- incompatible in some way. Yeah. Well, I think the main problem, because even even like a Muslim or an arranged marriage will have a honeymoon. When you first marry your wife, like you'll probably have that phase. But the thing is that we're not so fixated on love, mm-hmm. to where like all these American marriages, everything is about love, and when they fall in love, and when that feeling goes away, because it's going to go away. They think that everything's falling apart. Yeah. But our marriages aren't surrounded by this idea of being like head over heels over each other. Yeah, exactly. I said I still I I believe in love, but not the way Americans do. They're like their concept of love It's just dopamine. It's dopamine. It (laughs) is dopamine. Yeah. It's that whatever they're feeling like during their honeymoon or like that honeymoon period, that they think that if that fades away, then love is gone. Right. They don't it's understand. It's going to fade away. Yeah. Yeah. They don't understand. I, I. They don't understand that love like changes. Right. Even when that fades away, you still love each other, but in a different way. And that's why I was talking about like the age thing earlier. So when you're that's like when you're between the same like age period, both of you will understand that together. Yeah. Right. So like, okay. So you're in your twenties, right? You get married you're you have this feeling like head over heels like feeling for each other right 20 to 30. americans would think once that fades away that or even western culture you don't have to say american we're using america as a culture like an example but americans would think, people are just as bad yeah <laughs> yeah but once that once that fades away it's still love but in a different way in your 30s and 40s as a living together as a husband and wife it's love but not in the same way is what I'd say. Yeah. Yeah. That that's I mean that's their main problem. They just chase dopamine and it's crashes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think later on in life it's more about like your children and like pushing your values on your children or like making sure that they live a good life as well. And children is impo- are like, very important to us, yeah. 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 yeah, I mean like you destroy you destroy and I think I think a big problem like um in a lot of like western marriages is like the finances mm-hmm. where like you and your wife like split everything i feel like that's like a that's like a huge source of problem yeah, so i feel like with indian marriages like i know that it's often that the wife and the husband works for everything but like does your mom like if your mom's working does she split half the mortgage and shit like that no, no. she doesn't like that's not how it works so i think i think that's like when when people like as our society is trying to make women more and more masculine 
it, it, ca- it causes a lot of problems because like a man is doing something that he's inherently not very good at and the woman is doing something that she's inherently not very good at and then they find out hey I'm not doing a good job okay yeah. well let's divorce yeah, like, that's, that's why, that's why. and even then stuff like therapy rates have gone up mm-hmm. like uh, incrementally because of something like that and yeah. therapy is typically a feminine thing too so if a man goes to therapy you yeah. can't they're not treated the same way or like the the way that a masculine person would be treated yeah and so I think there's a there's a, you know there's a lot of problems with Western marriages yeah them that that dopamine thing is definitely one of them but their failure to like I mean just have roles in general I mean like I'm not saying that I mean I, I obviously believe that like the Islamic roles are superior but that doesn't yeah. even have to be the most important thing like it doesn't have to be that you know it's just like they 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 fail to set any boundaries you know and i do think that like those roles are going to work the best like the way i described them i think like some very religious christians are like different you know for talking about like southern america or Mm -hmm. rural south yeah right yeah like they 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 wouldn't be like the rest of or when we're talking about west western culture we're we're talking about like non-religious right we're talking about like yeah general and i would say you can they can be christians but they're not really christian yeah like they're not following all the like rules to christianity yeah and also if we're saying as zane was saying earlier he he was saying that our values are typically held as conservative conservative now yeah so we can say that we're talking about liberalism in general yeah 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 i mean also like i'll go into this notion of like hijabis and whatever how how extreme it would be to where like if you look at the way that islamic marriages work to or like the idea is that the way the to simplify it as much as possible in islam men are not allowed to look at women and like women are not allowed to show themselves off okay so a woman has to you know protect her beauty as much as possible and a man and a man has to you know like avoid himself from falling into that as much as possible and i feel like that it works so beautifully to where if you're in a marriage right your wife nobody's ever going to see her body the way you will or even her like just her general looks and you're never going to look at another woman the way you look at her physically and so i think it's perfect because in an in, in idealistic world, every woman wants a man that never looks at another girl. And every guy wants a girl that, you know, another man will never look at. And so I think I think that actually ends up working really well. Yeah, I understand what you're saying, but I think I generally disagree about, like, saying, like, I, I don't hold myself, like, if I say that I'm, uh, like, a, I'm a conservative, like, I don't like to label my political opinion, or, like, my opinions in general under any one basis. So then I can say, like, I understand where you're coming from, but I I think, again, like, it's fine for us to feel some, like something like that, like some sort of urge, but it's not good for us to act on it. So there's, I don't think, I don't see the point in, like, a woman covering herself up from head to toe. Okay, okay. here's, this uh, is what I, I can argue. All right, let me say something first from sure. our thing, okay? I, like, I believe that, I don't know for whatever reason, but like humans have become like more sexual, okay? Mm-hmm. At, 
this is way back. We're not talking about now. Right. Okay. So like for in Vedic times, like the women in Vedic civilization were one drape. Okay. It's so their like breasts were ba- complete, basically free. And then the cloth just went over it kind of like almost like a shawl right. and then it tied around their lower body. Okay. But look at that. the, look at the ethnic clothing that we're wearing now. Like right. After Vedic times. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if it was, yeah, I think after Vedic times, that's when they found, that's when women started wearing two garments. Okay. Mm-hmm. So one to cover the breasts and upper body and then the lower, like the same lower they have and then the shawl over it. Okay. So I think that there was a reason for that and it's not because like, so I think the reason for that might have become that sometime as a, like as humans, not any group of you, like not, we're not talking about like one group or one like tribe yeah. as humans, we became like our culture shifted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, for sure. yeah. And I think that culture shift might have to do with like, I don't know if it's with us becoming, I think it might be, yeah. I would argue it is because we became more sexual. And I guess, you know, like, I, I, I'd have to think on that, but I don't know. Like, I'm not sure about the reason for why, yeah. but yeah. it did happen. Like, right. it did change. All right, so going back to Rishi's argument, right? Mm-hmm. So like, you believe that like, a woman should be able to, you know, like freely dress however she want. And it's like a man that shouldn't be the one looking. But I think like, in terms of values, there should be at least like an extent to which like she's she's covering herself. But I, I think like I think uh, in Islam especially, it's like too extreme. Too exce- yeah, too excessive. Yeah, I mean the idea is that like it's not even explicitly stated that a woman needs to cover herself from head to toe. But okay, what we say, no, but we still do. Yeah. And the reason we say that is because what we're instructed is a woman has to cover her beauty. Mm-hmm. So in Islam, um, you know, like a woman is very treasured and we want to protect that as much as possible and they're yeah. very revered. Like there's even a quote from the Prophet Muhammad and it says that lucky is the woman uh, whose first child is a girl. So, like, if you think about the con- the historical context, it's, that means a lot. Because if you look at, like, Arabia at that time, and even, like, China up until pretty recent years, mm-hmm. people would have a daughter and they would kill her. Yeah. Because it was a daughter and she can't provide value to me. Mm-hmm. So, now, so now you come in with, like, a completely different level of respect for a woman. Or even, um, I don't remember the exact question, but somebody asked the prophet, like, who should I spend most of the time with? Or like, who should I talk to? I don't remember what the question was. But the prophet said, your mother, then your mother, then your mother again. Then he said, your father. So we we have this different like belief about woman. And we also have this, um, we don't have naivety about men. Mm-hmm. We don't feel naive about men where we know we accept that men have bad desires. Yeah. And we accept, we accept that there's ill-minded men that will do ill things. Mm-hmm. And we're not going to be naive and like allow, you know, or advise a woman to like dress however she pleases because 
we know that that type of harmfulness exists that can come for her um so like i feel like as men we know how like how disgusting some men can look at women right and there's you know some shit that our friends say that like whoa yeah yeah, yeah. you know and so we can't be naive about that we can't be like oh no men just need to be good Mm -hmm. so then the woman can do whatever we want because unfortunately they're just not going to be and you know is that is that like a problem because they can't fulfill their own sexual desires who knows um but like it's like if i um and i obviously like if i if i walk this is like something like if i walk through downtown chicago with like money in a suitcase and money everywhere and if i get robbed is that my fault that i got robbed yeah, I no, it's, but it's yeah. like technically it's not my fault. It's not your fault. I, did I do anything illegal or wrong? No, but you, it's like you're you're acting on their desire. But so you're, like in, you're 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 inducing a situation that's unfavorable. Yeah. Okay, so I I thought about what I was saying earlier. I was like waffling a bit, but like here's what I say. Like the reason, if, like what like this because he said that you know there's bad men and that like prompted mm-hmm. me to think you know. So I think the reason that our cultural clothing shifted is because of the era we live in, right? Okay. So as like Hindus, we believe in the yuga cycle, mm-hmm. and the era we live in is kaliyuga, right? Mm-hmm. The yuga, the era of suffering. Yeah. Okay, this is where everything deteriorates. So I think the reason our like cultural clothing shifted to like cover up more was because men are becoming worse. Yeah. Maybe at that time. Like men didn't have like thoughts like that, all right. Or men weren't bad like that because it was a different age. But it's also possible that people were, you know, getting married quicker. Mm-hmm. So men had. Um, well, this is like this is Vedic time, and then right after. So yeah, it's not much of a difference in terms yeah. of that. And yeah, that's actually really smart. So, but that, that's what I think. Yeah. I think that like we're deteriorating, and then like if you look at America within like a smaller microcosm, they want to like liberate clothing even more mm-hmm. like i think i don't know about that yeah <laughs> like, that's that even worse like, like what, that uh, what he was saying about walking to downtown chicago with money in your pocket yeah like i don't think that for like guys it's just all, all right to just walk around shirtless and for women like like to just wear bikinis everywhere yeah. like it's not it's but the, i guess like, like the idea in islam is like protecting your assets yeah sorry is the same way sorry is to like I think you can look it up, but there's there's like a like metaphor for the sari or a reason why I wear the sari. Your body is like the universe. I'm pretty sure for women, and then like like you know sari is like three piece, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm pretty sure like every like each each part of that sari like means something, and okay. you're like almost like protecting your universe. Okay. Yeah. To shift the conversation away from clothing a little bit. Yeah. I think this this is something that I want to get your opinion on, and uh, it kind of ties together. Uh, like liberalism, for example, and uh, like you, how you said, like men and women work together. I think in ancient times, especially, it was always like the woman was supposed to like go after the man or something like like I, I don't know how to. Like, is it really? It's not. It's not like the woman is supposed to go after the man, but okay, like especially nowadays, it's like the man wants the woman like the man like our culture is becoming more and more 
sexual. You're saying before it was the opposite? It was supposed to be the opposite, typically. Like, for example, like uh, an arranged marriage. It's the woman getting married to a really successful man. Wait, I don't think I don't um, think I don't think success is plays into it. Arranged marriage, how it works is like the guy comes to the woman's house yeah. with his family, and then yeah. So I mean, I would say even back even then, with like that example I was talking about how the prophet's wife proposed to him. Yeah, I think even for that time, it wasn't the most normal yeah oh it's like a like irregular okay i mean i think actually i just don't think they cared very much yeah i don't think that okay um but i don't know i don't know if that's like a trend because also like like there's instances it might have been more common back then for a man to ask a woman for her hand in marriage but like going back to the thing you're saying about the meetings you know what i mean yeah it's really really similar or like a lot of the dialogue you have if you're interested in a girl, mm-hmm. is um, between like her parents, like like I guess her. If you're a guy, her dad for the most part. Like you're talking yeah. to her dad, like, hey, what is she like? What is this? And then you're allowed to have one, uh, one meeting, and like her, that's like the rules as per yeah, sure, yeah. Uh, culturally, we do things a bit differently. Different. We're a bit more relaxed, you know. Yeah. But it's still the same idea where like you should be talking to her dad and stuff. And, yeah. Um, and like uh, you have one meeting with her and you talk to her and like you talk about the things that matter you know and then you just get married I think typically like for it's the same way like before Shadi you like you meet and then with your like the families meet the families talk and they give time alone for the two people Mm -hmm. for the two people to talk and then I think after that point like you you go back home you don't have to decide there yeah, you go back home, and then, like, you just let them know over the phone. Like, yes, this is yeah, gonna work. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's what I've seen in movies, at least. I'm not sure. I, but, I'm pretty sure that that's yeah, how it works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause, like, yeah. Why would they misrepresent it? Yeah, yeah. my like my parents had an arranged marriage. Like, I'm mm-hmm. pretty sure that's how it worked. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I guess I'll just like quickly. Me and Sham talked for a while about a lot of this stuff, so like, okay. this might be a repeat for him. But yeah. like, I'll quickly talk about. Like a man's role in marriage and a son, a woman's role in marriage, yeah. and sort of this how they can bleed over. Yeah. So, no matter what, no matter what, a man has to provide, mm-hmm. and you know, pay yeah. for the pay and uh, you know for the house and for yeah. his wife and for his children. No matter what, that's like his base requirement. And then a woman, like no matter what, she has to tend towards her children and take care of the household, clean it, and things like that. So that's what they have to do, no matter what. Okay. So can a woman work? We talked about this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a woman can work, but it's more difficult because she has to fulfill those requirements on top of working, right? Where a man, his requirement is already working. Okay. So for a woman to work, she can work, but she she can't let go of her requirements. Yeah. So say she does work, right? What can she do with the money? Whatever she wants. So if she's at this point where she's fulfilling her base requirements and she can work, she can do whatever she wants with the money. A man's money belongs to his family. Mm-hmm. And he has to give, you know, he has to take care of his wife. He can give some, he has to give some of the money to her, things like that. Yeah. But the woman, she can do whatever she wants with her own money. Um, so there's like, that's a little bit of a discrepancy that's there. And then, you know, like as far as a man, 
like men are encouraged they should you know help their wives they shouldn't just like you know if she's having a hard time with children and things like that you should help her and you're encouraged to do that but is that his requirement um you know like cleaning the house or something like that no but um you know her her it's a pretty sweet gig both yeah. ways yeah right i think it works pretty well yeah. i think i think having clearly defined rules is like something that's generally better too yeah because then like no matter what no matter what happens i'm gonna pay for everything okay yeah and no matter what happens you're gonna take care of these things yeah. that i'm providing you with and i think the lack of such roles in like liberal culture is what that causes these high divorce to begin with i also i also think in terms of like political climate that for the last year or two there's been like a massive conservative counterculture yeah so sure. where like people were just getting progressively more and more liberal even me you know i feel like everybody like taking back three four like maybe i think probably when we were in middle school i feel like we we're all pretty far more liberal than we are now and, and then we i'd were, say last year i was far more liberal than i am now and we were we were okay with it and we accepted it but i think as like this progressivism gets more and more aggressive more of us are kind of spinning around to the other end yeah. where we just like we don't want to take part of that movement anymore mm -hmm. yeah, and, now, and now we're going around so it's, it's kind of like do you guys are you guys familiar with the Iranian revolution yeah yeah so it's like that yeah yeah where they yeah where they have like they have you know this government that's getting more and more liberal and then out of nowhere mm -hmm. super conservative Islamic regime comes in yeah. so I think I think it's the exact same situation that's happening right now yeah just on yeah. a pretty global scale yeah I would agree because they in India because yeah. uh, like Congress party was ruling for so long and then BJP came in power and then the next year Congress party couldn't so in Indian government there's a seat leader of the opposition mm -hmm. Okay, in order to get leader of the opposition, you need 10% of the seats in uh, Lok Sabha. Okay? But Rahul Gandhi couldn't even get that in the last election. Okay. And I think the next election, it'll be... You, yeah, right. it'll, it'll be... I mean, okay, I'm not sure about that. Because I've actually seen some Congress pushes in India now. Mm. Right? Because the, it's, it's typical to... Humans are suffering always, right? So it's typical to oppose whoever's in power. If right? Because if so, oh yeah. I think it's typical to oppose whoever's in power and then blame them on your problems. Blame yeah. the problems on yeah. that. Even that, but I I don't think India and uh, like if we're using America, I don't think India and America are the same yeah, yeah. Because one's India economy is always is on the ball. Uh, not even that, but so I it's think just like spamming different articles. Okay, I think I'm gonna try to get it here. Sure. Look, so in 2021. 60% identified as socially conservative, which is like 2021, that was the exact era that we were mm -hmm. talking about. Yeah. And then now it's 74%. So there's no change among Democrats. I mean, that's pretty much exactly what, yeah, social conservative highest in about a decade. So I guess that's a true observation. Yeah. Um, but I was going to say India was never as liberal as the West. Yeah, so obviously. But yeah. they were getting more liberal they were with Congress Party, oh, okay. even like Bollywood, the yeah. culture they're pushing. And I think like the aggressiveness is what made it yeah. like kind of snap back or like the, the pushback there. Yeah, especially with back. like the targeting of children. Yeah. You know, like when, when, when the stuff started leaking on children, 
when people started seeing the things being taught in schools and like you know like those like those sections that target the kids sections and stuff i think when people started seeing that it was like a shock like even like, for a specific example like uh i saw last year something like that oh like some some guy like twerking on stage in front of like like second graders yeah and it's just ridiculous. Yeah. It's just one case though. I would, I mean, that's yeah, no, but I guess that's the most extreme case, but it's been like the stuff that they've been teaching in school has been getting more and more legs. Uh, I would, yeah. I mean, you can just like, in any context, sexualizing children isn't wrong. I mean, like, we never went and talked to kids about boys liking girls when they were in elementary school, right? Yeah. Like, I would never taught them, like, we just didn't talk about their sexuality because it was inappropriate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, even then. Do you notice like, anything? I mean, you have public school, so it's different. Oh, yeah. We don't, I mean, a little bit. I, okay, I'll talk about the private school perspective yeah, after. But at, at least in my Christian school, yeah. like the Christian middle school that I went to. That's different, too. Of, I know, I know <laughs> yeah. but a lot of people have said that, like, their parents gave them, like, the talk or whatever. Like, it just never happened to me. Like, oh. what talk? Like, the sex talk. Oh. Okay, okay. Yeah, I mean, that happens. I'm you know, wondering, like, especially at such a young age, like when you push on the kids, like that. Hey, it's okay for you to like a girl. It's okay for you to like a boy. Yeah. I mean, like, we just we never talked about you know little kids liking each other, or we never had those conversations with them so early yeah. on about sexuality. <laughs> it's just premature. Like, even whatever the hell you're talking about isn't that important. It's just the fact that you're talking to them about this so early on is really ridiculous. One of the like first discussions of this I remember was me and my dad were sitting in the living room and we saw a condom ad on the TV and he was like he's like don't do that (laughs) (laughs) I think that's all he said or he just said it'll it'll just cause more problems or he said it was just like that basic idea was don't do it in the first place yeah yeah birth control is not haram but I mean you're already married so it's just like deciding when you want to have a kid yeah has nothing to do with not wanting like a teen pregnancy yeah you know what I mean Yeah. yeah Like, yeah, there's probably not much in the Quran about... But Christians are against control. that, birth control. Um, are they? Even, are they? I don't, I don't know. They, I don't they never talked to me about birth control in middle school. Can you abort a baby in Islam? No. Once you're, okay. But why would you? Why would you need to? Well, right. If you're having a baby, then you're married oh, already. Oh, right, right, right. So it's like, why do I want to abort this baby with my husband? Yeah. You know, it's weird. It's I mean, like, like what is what is the abortion rate for married couples anyway? It's probably like super, super low. low yeah. Oh, okay. So the, like the idea is like if you're yeah. having sex, then you're expecting a baby. Yeah, yeah. I guess so. Yeah, that's that's what I was. It would just be wrong. Yeah. Like I was, I was talking about this to my like. like why would you get married anyway if you're gonna abort a baby? It's like yeah. sure. I, I was talking about this with someone as well, and she was saying that, uh, like, what are your stances on like we're talking about abortion for some reason? Yeah. And I'm just, I just said like I just generally don't care about abortion, but I know that I'm not gonna abort my child. Because I'm never going to be put in a position where it's like, like I, I'm having an unwanted child. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So medically proven the life of the mother is in danger. Yeah. Makes sense. I mean, it just yeah. I just don't. I mean, there shouldn't be a need for abortion, and like, in the in the society that in an Islamic society, there's no why would it's just not even a problem. Yeah. Right. I mean, like, say, say I'm prosecuting you and I'm a Muslim, right? And I'm, you say, hey, I'm gonna send you to jail because you had an abortion. But like, also, what are the chances that I'm also gonna charge you with sex before marriage? Yeah. Or something like that. Yeah. That that's probably you know they're probably on equal levels. Yeah. You know, so 
I mean, I don't know. Maybe I can find numbers. Like, what? Um, yeah. I mean, it's not like sex before marriage is allowed in the Bible either. Yeah. <laughs> so, but I, this this is like a thing where yeah. it's like liberalism is even stepping away from Christianity. Yeah. Because it's like it's people having these urges, as he was saying, yep. and then uh, in most. Uh, religions, you're rewarded for not acting on the bad urges, but they're like they're making the laws to where like it's socially acceptable yeah. to now act on these urges. That makes sense. Or not the laws, but like the culture at least. Yeah. yeah. Culture in general is becoming more to where we're like, like giving I mean, it to our. If I just run yeah. thirty-one plus forty-six plus nine is the amount. People plus, not married. Yeah. So 86% of people who have abortions are unmarried. Yeah, that's ridiculous. So, okay, so what if I get rid of sex before marriage? Now look at, I've reduced marriage by a factor of like nine times. Mm -hmm. I've cut it, you know, to one-tenth of what it was before. As long if I just make sex before marriage wrong, or sex outside of marriage wrong. So like... Abortion shouldn't even be something we're worried so about. So what was statistic? It's not allowed in any this. So you have fourteen percent of people who are married that have an abortion. Yeah. So like the threshold for like like a lot of people talk about how like in Muslim countries that like gay people are persecuted and oppressed and you know killed all the time. So uh, the the Islamic th- uh, evidence threshold uh, for death punishment. For gay sex is four witnesses of the actual act of penetration. So four people need to well, see you. That's impossible. That, they're this, not getting persecuted. This search is crazy, bro. What? Four people. Bro, what was it? How many witnesses to? Four people what? need to see you have gay sex in order for you to get the death. Okay. Oh, how many witnesses to convict someone of gay sex is long? Dude, if four people <laughs> watch on the search, dude, right? <laughs> if four people watch you and your wife have sex. You're probably getting the death penalty anyway. Yeah. It has nothing to do with even being gay at that point. Okay, okay. So then what's... So if you don't have the witnesses, what punishment are you getting? But say what you said about no. self-confession. Yeah, yeah. So, so we're just talking, so it needs four people. So you can also confess. You can basically get turn yourself in. And in order to do that, you basically have to be a witness to yourself four times. So you say it four times. You say, I had gay sex four times. <laughs> yeah. yeah so there's this one guy there's this one hadith i know where this guy was talking to the prophet uh-huh and he was like yo i cheated on my wife yeah and the prophet was like he said like i don't know if this is actually what he said yeah he said like did the bucket go in the well or some shit did the rope go in the well it's like did you like actually penetrate and the guy was like yeah and then the prophet like he turned his head and the guy said it again, and he turned his head again, and oh, did, right. so I guess he did it like yeah. multiple times. Yeah. And then the guy, and then he had him stoned, because oh. the guy just confessed to himself over and over. Yeah. So if you don't confess, you just keep it to yourself. Then you do the awesome oh, like yeah, major yeah. sin, yeah. repentance, yeah. and you will be fine. Okay. Or you can get yourself killed. What happens if you just confess once? Then it's, it's not enough. It's, nothing will happen to you. No, oh, okay. you have to say it four times. Okay. Yeah, and then, it's uh, a stringent law. It's yeah, like yeah. it's not like. Oh, I think you you act feminine, yeah. or like you're wearing nail polish. So I'm gonna like no. Yeah. Four so, people need to watch you have sex. Yeah. Does someone that doesn't sin, or I guess no one like doesn't sin their entire life, but let's say <laughs> someone like, someone sins very less. Yeah. 
comparatively to someone that sins a lot more and they repent? Uh, like what's yeah. the, the levels? Like how does that work? Yeah, yeah. Of heaven? Um, so actually, it might be that sinning and then repenting is even better. Is it? Um, uh, yeah. I mean, okay. There's like some because Allah. First of all, it's inherent that we're all gonna we're all going to sin. Yeah. No matter what, no matter what life you live. I think even like in Christianity, it's the same. Yeah. So. so the mercy of Allah is that. Except for Muhammad. Sometimes. Right? Yeah, but the the thing, the reason he doesn't is because he's an example of how we live. Yeah. But I believe there's a narration where he actually missed. So they like, so like, like the, uh, he'll teach us lessons through mistakes that he makes, sort of. Um, I can give one example to where I I I think he missed like the morning prayer mm-hmm. because he he just he overslept. Yeah. But then he just. That's not a sin, though. Yeah. He just made it up quickly. Oh, the search. <laughs> but he just made it up quickly there. And so that teaches us what do we do when we miss? Or can we just make it up as quickly as possible? Yeah. So, so the belief is that prophets are sent by God in all Abrahamic faiths? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. So he missed it one time. So, like, everything he does is to teach us something. Oh, there's another example. Uh, this one's really interesting. So he he was like a big thing in our religion is hygiene and like really presenting like yourself good and for men like smelling good for some reason. So I get it, I get it. so um so one of his wives so he had multiple wives at this time at this point in time because he didn't always mm-hmm. but like at certain points in time he did. So this time he had multiple wives and one of them gave honey to him right as a gift. So he gave honey, and the other wife got jealous, right? Or the others got jealous. So they conspired a plot where they're like, okay, like tell him that his breath smells bad from this honey, so it's like a bad gift. Okay? She won't give the gift again. Mm-hmm. So they all told him that, and he was like, okay, I'm never going to eat honey ever again. That's literally what he said. Yeah. And the thing is, is that if the prophet doesn't eat honey, then we're not going to eat honey. Mm-hmm. So a verse comes down when he says that, and he said, and the verse said, and this is for all of us, that like, don't make things that aren't haram, haram upon yourself. So like, if something isn't explicitly forbidden, then don't forbid yourself from things. Yeah. For no reason. Yeah. Right? I mean, it's like, not like a dietary restriction or something like that. But you know, uh, it's just like, I mean, obviously there's, there's logical reasons for, you know, restricting yourself from something, but in general. So he was like, so he was like, okay, I shouldn't like restrict myself from this mm-hmm. um, when it's not when Allah didn't forbid me from it. Yeah. Okay. So my so my question is okay. This is kind of unrelated. I was gonna ask before the this. messengers, right? Yeah. So he's so they're like sent by. So the belief in all Abrahamic faith is that a prophet is sent by God, right? Mm-hmm. So like, they're then like what about what of their parents? Like, are they, do they hold any significance? Yeah, I mean, Mary wasn't a prophet, but she's super revered in Islam. Mm-hmm. Sometimes their parents aren't good people. Oh, okay. Sometimes they are. I mean, you know, it doesn't have to be anything special about their parents, but... So why are their parents revered? I mean, like, it just depends. Like, sometimes their parents are good people, sometimes they aren't. Oh, okay. right? I mean, if their parents... So are, it's like... Like, you're... Mary was, or we call her Maryam, like, she was, you know, a, a very good woman, so... 
were revered. Just like a historical figure. Yeah. That you revered. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing like... But you would revere any historical figure in the text that was a good person. Yeah. There's nothing specifically special about... There's nothing specifically special about a prophet's parents. Okay. Other than the fact that they become historical figures because they're the prophet's parents. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes them important. Yeah. But the idea is that throughout human history, anytime people would be led astray, Mm -hmm. there would be a prophet that would come and try to bring people back to morality. Yeah. So it's like, wow, the moral compass of society is losing track. You know, let me make sure that people are following the way that they should be. Just because you don't want everybody going to hell, right? This is yeah. si- very similar. Mm-hmm. Like Vishnu. Krishna, right? Krishna yeah. is an, an incarnation av- of Vishnu. He's the avatar of Vishnu, who's an aspect of the ultimate God. Okay? It doesn't really matter that he's an aspect of like avatar of Vishnu. It's just, it's just there. Because Vishnu, okay. So Vishnu. Well, I mean, uh, the reason why I said Vishnu instead of Krishna is it's not like Krish- Krishna is not the one appearing every time. Yeah, yeah, sure. So Vishnu I mean, just yeah. okay. Wait, same, same thing. I can clarify. So Vishnu is an like aspect of God, right? Mm-hmm. Like, go- or God is Bhagwan, whatever you want to call him, Parabrahma. Sure. Yeah. Okay. He has three aspects: the creation aspect of him, the destruction aspect of him, and the uh, per- like preservation aspect of him. Mm-hmm. So this preservation aspect is what we call Vishnu. Right. Krishna is an avatar of that aspect. Mm-hmm. And he's on earth. He's put on earth for a specific purpose. They didn't put an avatar of Shiva at this time. Yeah. Right? The time he was there was before the Kaliga, before the era of destruction. Mm-hmm. So he is there on earth for a specific reason. Right? Preservation. Okay? At yeah. that time... Right, preservation was very especially important in that stage. But anyways, the reason I mentioned that is it's like similar reason, right? They're like one. Okay, we can talk about their parents. There are stories about their parents. You ever heard the story about Krishna and uh, the butter that he stole? I heard it as a, like a child, like very young. I okay. don't really remember. But I remember there, there was a story about him and butter. Yeah, yeah. Krishna stole butter that his mom forbade him to take. He ate it. And then like his, the forbidden fruit, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, his really. his mom asked him to open his mouth, right? This is like not like that. I'll say Johnny Johnny. It's not that mouth. deep. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she she asked him to open his mouth, and inside his mouth she saw the whole universe, right? Yeah. It's just like this is like Krishna's like what Krishna beholds, right? Like this is who Krishna is. Krishna yeah. is like a, you know. He he's the avatar of Vishnu, who is the, the like who is an aspect of God, and he's here on Earth at this time for a specific reason, right? That's why people. That's like I guess you could consider it even like a reason people revere Krishna, even at a baby. People would, like knew at a time like yeah. at that time, like because that's how you know he's not false, like a false avatar. Like someone could claim to be an avatar of God, right? Mm-hmm. Like I could claim to be an avatar of Krishna, but that story just shows that. Krishna was put on earth, right? As an avatar of God for a reason. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, everything is done. That makes sense. And uh, even if you're looking at another Abrahamic religion, like Christianity, for example. Yeah. Or, like, Mary is, again, same as Islam, like, pretty revered. And they're saying that she, she, her and Jesus are the only, like, sinless beings. I mean, they, they even, I mean, Catholics will even go as far as worshipping her. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, there's, there's that. So. What about like Muhammad's like uh, 
Yeah. Like, like, no, no, no. Like when he was young. Uh, you know, I mean, stories about it. Yeah. yeah, there's. I mean, his life is very, 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 very documented. Yeah. So I was telling. So there's. Um, so there's basically two things that we follow in Islam. So we have the Quran, which you're familiar with. Mm -hmm. Then there's something called Hadith. And Hadith are just documentations and sayings of the Prophet, uh, you know, that have been documented, just, you know, whatever. So, um, so people, at one point, I think in about 1200s, this guy named Bukhari, he went and he basically made it his goal to compile as many authentic hadith as possible. So he would go down like a chain of narrators and get all the different sayings and then he would verify them. So he would check like, okay, how reputable is are these sources? Is this person who is narrating this, do they have good memory? You know, all these different factors. And then from that, you determine like the is a hadith kind of weak or is it a true strong authentic this definitely is a saying um so there's like there's a lot of prolific narrators of hadith uh the, so the, the guy who has the most is this guy named abu abu Huraira, and i was telling you he has like over three thousand yeah. or maybe yeah. over five thousand how many uh we got Jamie and like a big difference between Islam and Hinduism is that like Islam is a lot more recent history. Hundred mm -hmm. uh, percent. That's true. Like we go back before the Ice Age too. Our stuff is passed down though. I mean, like this is like th two. That this was is this is after this is hundreds of years after Julius Caesar. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So it's, our, that's our tradition was like also to pass down things orally. At some point, it became written down, but it was always orally passed down. Right. Uh, like I can't get the exact number. Like stuff like the Ramayana was but set this, up and done. The reason this dude had so many is because he had photographic memory. Oh, so he was able to just get it all done. And actually, the reason he had photographic memory, he wasn't born with it, but he was talking to the prophet, and he was like, he was stressed because he was like, I don't want to forget what you're saying, and I'm, I'm worried, like, you, sometimes you say things and I just don't remember what they are clearly. And so after that, from that point on, I guess, he was given photographic memory. Um, so, yeah. And then the second most prolific narrator was actually his wife, the one that he married and she was so young. Um, so. Aisha? Aisha, yeah. So these, so these hadith are what we get, like, a lot of uh, the religion comes from these. Foremost, the Quran, and then the guy, Bukhari, his hadith are like the second, so like, I guess, in terms of like Islamic literature, what do we follow the most? The Quran, and then Bukhari's book, because he has the most authentic hadith, and then his student, his student's name was Muslim, and this dude has like, you know, he's basically picking up leftovers, he's trying to grab whatever left hadith are left, mm -hmm. and so inherently they're a little bit less authentic, but they're good. Yeah. So, so I don't even know, I was about to say something, but I totally forgot. I had this life. His life, right? This was childhood. So, a lot of people. This is also stemming from the Dostoevsky argument. Um, think that God hates them, or even because God has brought hardship into yeah. this world, that there's something, there's something wrong. Um, so, if you look at like the most beloved, this is Muhammad is the most beloved person by God, right? Um, his he was orphaned. I think his dad died before he was born. His mother died when he was six, and then, 
uh, he just had like a horrible life, honestly. Overall, it's just like a really, really bad life. But he was an orphan, like, by the, I think by the time he was like. So from the time. Oh, yeah, by the time he was six, he was an orphan. Uh, he was raised, but I think this. And then he has like some family members that really hated him. Uh, but Islam, he wasn't always a prophet. So. Oh, okay. That's what I was going to ask. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So when he was a child, he was not. He became a prophet. But God deemed him a prophet at a certain age. So at a certain age, he began receiving revelation. Oh. Right? But he was always a, you know, he was always a prophet, right? But he wasn't a, Islam didn't come yet. Yeah. yeah. The, the full, the Quran wasn't there yet. Yeah. It's like he God chose him as a person too. Yeah. Yeah. So there were like, there were monotheists at the time. Yeah. Some people in his family were monotheists. A lot of, it's kind of like, sometimes the way we feel, mm-hmm. where like, we see a lot of things wrong with society and we want to turn somewhere else. Yeah. So there were people like that back then. Yeah. Uh, so a lot of them like, because people were idol worshippers. Mm-hmm. Like, no offense, but like, I guess that's what people saw as being impure mm-hmm. or wrong. And they're like, no, we want to turn it into something else. But they're version of idol worshipping wasn't even as organized as Hinduism yeah. where it was just I mean, like okay for idol worshipping this is what I clarify so when you say idol worshipper you mean like we are praying to like uh, like a statue of God right yeah I mean you just have like I guess it's just like a physical like you have these physical things okay the reason we use that I think they I think they were those polytheists like they believed that those physical statues actually held some sort of power yeah. I know you guys just see them as symbolism. Yeah, we don't believe they have power. It's a way to connect to God. If you like see that in front of you, right, and like you have that in front of you, that's a way for you to talk to God. If you if you have nothing, it's harder for you to communicate to God. Mm-hmm. But when you're at the temple and you're praying like to something, like to a physical object, even if it's not real, even if it holds no matter, that helps you connect to God, right? Because yeah. like if I'm sitting here praying, like I can pray. To move on all I want, but when I like when I pray in front of like when I, when I pray in front of a statue of Krishna, that connection is deeper. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, I think I, I didn't know that. Actually. I think I would disagree. Like, you don't need that. Yeah, definitely not. Yeah, I mean, you know, like we. I mean, we guess you know we have like we still have masjids and stuff, uh-huh. but like we don't. Have it's any, the same idea as a masjid. Praying at home and praying at masjid. It's a different. The yeah. feeling is different. It's different. Yeah. But it's not about like you. We ne- We don't have physical manifestations of God whatsoever because our belief is that this is such like a super competent, you know, like being that is. I mean, we can't even say it's a being. This is just so vast. Mm-hmm. And so, like, hyper-existent. It would be disrespectful. Not disrespectful, but it's just not physically... You can't. Yeah. Like, there's no way you can draw this down to a three-dimensional space. So, so to emphasize the like, power of... Emphasize, yeah, just, like, the sheer insanity. But then also, like, Muhammad, like, we don't have pictures of him at all. And that's m- mainly just to prevent people, like, you know, degrading into, like, worshipping these things. Yeah. Um, and, you know, like pictures of Jesus everywhere yeah. and they're worshipping Jesus yeah. um, you know like the first three gospels was it Matthew Luke and John Matthew Luke and John I think that's was it John or Mark Mark Matthew Mark 
and Luke and Luke. Or Matthew, Mark, and John. Okay. Basically, yeah, Matthew, Mark, Mark and Luke. Luke. Yeah. Okay. So these first three Gospels, in their documentations, they actually, there's never any mention of Jesus claiming to be God. Oh, so then it was the, the fourth one. Where... Yeah, so this stuff started coming from outside sources. And even the Bible, like, the Bible is so much more similar to the Quran than people think it is. But nobody reads the Bible. Yeah. I mean, okay, so far, I can I, say I have this because I Google this all the time. For our, like, for our God, like one God, Bhagwan Parabrahma, there's no, we don't have a statue of him. Yeah. There's no images of him either. Yeah, it's a it's a god you can't. We see. have like the avatars. The avatars. It's the same way how people have pictures of Jesus, like, right? Yeah. But Jesus is different, and Jesus is super flawed. Like the well, whole the whole Christian narrative yeah. of worshiping Jesus is really bad because you I guys know. think that those are avatars. And of that's, God, you think that's an avatar. You don't think that's God. No, it's not. He's not. They God. think that Jesus is God. Meaning they think that Jesus, like Jesus, created like they think Jesus is God. Like he created the universe. Yeah, like no, he's no, part no, of the, the same. Trinity thing yeah, he's part of the same entity. So yeah. you have the Holy Trinity, right? Yeah. Like Father, him, Son, Holy Spirit. Like him, him, Jesus, and God is the same thing. Yeah. Like maybe Jesus didn't physically create the universe, but the Father did. But he is the Father as well. That's Christian belief. Like, okay, so okay. they're like. Well, it's not even like you guys aren't even like that I mean for, like Krishna is an aspect of Vishnu or he's an avatar so of who Vishnu. made the universe Brahma what Brahma made the universe who was it Parabrahma the ultimate or God. Yeah. Parabrahma. But Brahma the aspect like the aspect of the ultimate God that created the universe was Brahma you can think of it's, it's not like I don't know there's just no other way of describing it there's three aspects to God you know people will often draw the metaphor between a neutron, a proton, and an electron, right? The three aspects to God are destruction, creation, and preservation. And we just name these aspects. Yeah. We, we, we assign names to these aspects to understand yeah. it better. Like Brahma is the creator. So when you say that it was a Brahma that created the universe, it's like it's an aspect of the ultimate being. Yeah. It's the creator aspect. And then something like Krishna or Rama. Brahma is just, God is just everything yeah. okay he's everything he's yeah. he is the preservation he is the destruction anything that is is god <laughs> that's the best way to say it and i guess there's yeah, three I aspects to everything that exists which is creation preservation and destruction you could say is so. that is that how you could say so yeah you yeah. could draw the metaphor yeah yeah and then it's what shiva brahma and vishnu so this is actually another thing the before most devotees were vishnu devotees but now like after kali yuga there's Shiva. more Shiva devotees than ever. Yeah, yeah, Shiva's yeah. the destroyer? destroyer. What? Yeah. It's because of the era we're in. Right? There's a reason for that. The reason, oh, yeah. reason we're worshipping Shiva is because of the era we're in. He is the one bringing upon this destruction. Yeah. So there's a few, like... I guess to quickly explain uh, the... Uh, so there's this thing called the Yuga cycle. We already explained it. So this I explained it. You said that we're in the last, like... So this is the cycle, like the last cycle where everything ends. Yeah, and I... Uh, you want to, like, explain the other stages? I mean, I don't really know much compared to you. Okay. So. I mean, after this yuga, like there's be, a goal. But this is also yes. John. Yeah. Like you so this is the claim that Jesus makes that he's God. But this is from John. So this is after the first three gospels. Yeah. So I feel like there's some pollution that came somewhere, because so was John we, the last like by by law. I think he might be the fourth. But it's after the first three originals. Like in those first three, like there's no claims 
of Jesus like claiming to be God. So the reason why this supports like the Muslim belief is because we believe that like so the the Judaism the Jewish Jewish text is the Torah. Yeah. So we believe that the, we believe in Moses, we believe in Jesus. So we believe that the Bible and that revelation was sent to Jesus. Okay, but it's been corrupted and changed and it's not what it once was. That's why there's so many similarities, but Islam also comes to fix what was broken. And the same with the Torah. So this is like, I feel like this is like another uh, like sign that there's corruption because of that. And so like Muslims like to make the claim that like, well, Jesus never even claims he was God. Okay, but I guess this is where I really want to ask, okay? You, for us, you can worship Krishna, right? Mm-hmm. You're saying it's for Muslims look down on people who worship Jesus, right? Dude, you, yeah. I mean, like, I shouldn't even, like, like, uh, like a thing we do in jiu-jitsu where like, we bow down to other people. Mm-hmm. We don't, we, we shouldn't even do that. Yeah, really? I mean, you should only bow down to God. So you shouldn't worship Muhammad, right? No. I mean, obviously. Absolutely. Okay, this, I'm just asking yeah. that for clarification. Like, okay? We worship Krishna as... But you think Krishna is a part of God? Correct. So that's that's he, why... He's like a representation that, of a part of God. He's a representation of God. It's like God... It's, it's as if... You're a, worshiping Brahma indirectly. Yes or no? It's... I mean, part of Brahma. Part of Brahma. You're, yeah. So you're worshiping... Because Brahma is the creation, right? Part of part of Brahma. Yeah, sure. So you're... you're or yeah. Bhagwan. You can just call him Bhagwan. Bhagwan, yeah. So you're worshiping a part of one third, the 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 creation part or whatever. Or Krishna is preservation. preservation. Yeah, he is, he is an aspect of we call pre, the preservation aspect of him Vishnu. Vishnu and Krishna is an avatar of Vishnu in that case. Yeah. So the, everything is coming back, right? Right. So I'm saying, how does that differ from? Oh, you're saying, okay, so Jesus wasn't always a prophet. He's saying that Muhammad isn't directly Allah. Like they're not. Muhammad, like Allah told Muhammad, like He gave him. Yeah. Oh, okay. so, so it's not like Allah came onto this yeah, earth. Yeah. No, it's like it's like Allah told a message to so Allah, a person on earth. No, Allah yeah. gave a message to an angel. The angel's name is Gabriel or Jibrail, uh-huh. and then Jibrail would come down with the message and give it to Muhammad. Okay, so that's why you guys look down Muhammad upon just a human. Jesus. Muhammad is equally as human as, as us. us. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Krishna isn't. Krishna like, isn't a human. Anatomically, he was a person. But he wasn't a human. Like Muhammad didn't have meaning. Like he was on Earth. Muhammad yeah. didn't have superpowers that came from himself. Yeah. Like everything was through Allah. Yeah. If any miracle happened, it wasn't because Muhammad was, you know, a superhuman. Okay. That makes sense. I see why we differ from that. Then. Yeah. I mean, all of the we believe that all of them are like that. So this angel Jibreel is the one that's like sending, carrying out all these messages. Yeah. I guess. Like, why is that then? Like, why? So like, that's when I say like. Oh, then Muhammad received revelation. Yeah. So Jibreel, like with the honey thing, after that happened, Jibreel came and mm-hmm. he said this. So it make no sense to worship Muhammad because no. he's a human. Yeah, like, yeah. exactly. So I or, guess my, my question is, in Abrahamic faiths then, why doesn't God come onto earth if he loves humans so much? Because he's like... You can't can, comprehend him. Again. Yeah, I mean, dude, like how are you going to like... He, listen, bro. He can't put himself listen, in bro. a human if you're, if you're like... Making a video game, bro. Say I'm making The Sims, right? Sure. You're so, like, spatially beyond The Sims. This is your creation. 
they could never understand you. They're just a bunch of pieces of code. Yeah, so that's why... You're so beyond them. How are you going to get in there? I mean, okay, maybe you can make a Sims character, okay? And you can call it Shyam. And that's the Hinduist... That's the Hindu belief. We are giving the perfect... Like, we are giving the belief that... Like, the perfect version for a human to understand God. We're not saying... He, like you, he comes on. You're gonna understand God completely. Like this is God. That's, Krishna is not God, right? He's not Bhagwan. Okay. He's coming on. Krishna is like God is manifesting Himself in a certain way, so that humans will be able to like discover whatever from Him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I guess my question is, if God is so powerful, why can't He do that? I mean, it's not even that. You're, like, you're like you're automatically assuming that that's the most optimal way to do it. So but for you guys, it's through a book. It's not a, through a book, but also through the the prophet. Yeah, through the way he acted, right? Yeah. So maybe I'm of the belief that the most optimal way mm-hmm. to guide humans is not by showing them God, mm-hmm. but by showing them a human mm-hmm. that has been, you know, that is following the orders of God, because you can oh. sympathize with that. And you can okay. actually become that. Are you ever going to be able to become Shiva? It's not Shiva. It's, uh, I mean, like, like Shiva would never I can come, come down. Shiva I can, would never come down on it. Like an aspect. I mean, whatever, whatever one. Yeah. Whatever. It's not uh, for me. What is it, Ganesh? What? Like, like those, like actual, like the idea is that we're all slaves of Allah, and we want to be the best slave possible. So if Allah comes, and I'm, how is that going to help me become the best worshiper of Allah? Okay, I can answer. For me, it's like, if you see, like, Krishna come down on this earth, that for you is proof, like, definite proof that God exists, right? If, if yeah, Krishna yeah, comes, yeah, yeah, yeah. that for me is better, for, okay? I, I mean, I respect everything, all right? I, for, like, I'll tell this from the start, like, Sanatanese believe that every path to God is correct. So for you guys, I do believe that that was the best way. For, like, wh- whoever the... So whoever becomes Muslim, that's God's will, right? Mm-hmm. So I believe that for that for whoever is Muslim, that this was the optimal way for them, yeah. right? But for me, the optimal way is to know that he came on earth. I mean, it's definite. Then he exists. But like, if you lived at the time of Muhammad, yeah, it was it was very easy to be Muslim back then. And for us, like it's said that like like Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam, like yeah, as, that's as, why as I'm he, he says that like I fear for the people. Who are gonna have to live without my existence because it's gonna be harder for them to be Muslim. Because yeah, you yeah. guys, all of you guys see me and you see the miracles that I entail, yeah. and you you basically can't deny it. Yeah. So it's this the same principle exists. Yeah. Because there was a lot of things that happened, you know, that, that made it not so I mean like like the battles the battles and stuff. Yeah. Like there were certain battles, like there was a lot like I was telling you the Muslim community was not very large and they were engaged in a lot of wars. And they were vastly outnumbered mm-hmm. in a lot of them, and they were still able to pull through. Yeah. And so, and just because of like the sheer character of him. Yeah. So I mean that that principle still existed to where like, if you lived during that time, you'd be like, no, nah, this is like, there's no way I can't do yeah. it. Like this I is definitely true. Mm-hmm. There's just there's different ways at different, especially different times. You know, we're talking about such different time periods, different locations. Yeah. And I feel like I feel like what he's saying with miracles being definite proof versus yeah, yeah. like God Himself coming down and being indefinite proof. Yeah. He's yeah. not. He's saying that like Muhammad is doing the 
Like he's doing miracles as well, but he's doing them through Allah. Like yeah, Allah is giving him the power to do it. So that's definite proof. In and it's like, like nothing yeah, excessive yeah, either. Yeah, you know, like none of this stuff is like insanely like. I guess one way to look not at like, it, like like those people that. Uh, I guess one way to look at it is like, at this time in history, like 600 AD or whatever, a lot of people believed in God already, right? Mm -hmm. So then no, maybe definitely not. Definitely yeah. not. No, no, no. Christians, Jewish people. Oh, I mean, in in the Middle East, but like in in the in in his environment, uh, it was like mostly polytheists. Okay, okay. But there were Jews and Christians like that were alive. Yeah, but yeah. Th like they didn't get along. Like there was a lot of complaints. Like from the Muslim community about like Jews that were like, like they would they would have a lot of like contractual agreements that Jewish people would break, mm -hmm. uh, and so there was animosity. But between Muslim relation and Christian relations were actually pretty good. Yeah, well, I guess just you know God has His way. I mean, it was there. It was there. But like in the in the it was it was very polytheistic. Yeah, it was it was so the like the pre era was considered like the the pre Islamic age of ignorance. Um, but like I think a lot of people also like but you guys believe that at, at, at a time the Bible was correct right and then it yes. got corrupted well we believe that like the message like Isa we call him he was a real person and yes. he got real yes. messages from Allah yeah yeah. and yes we call him in India Jesus no yes oh yeah that's one yeah. closer to Isa yeah. yeah and he lost that he, that, that was corrupted over time it wasn't documented well enough something so there was a promise with the Quran like these these two books have failed in the past this this is the final message and I promise that this one will not be corrupted okay and so I mean you know like you can so. I wonder what if like a, another faith comes along bro, and it becomes huge you know it's just like a derivation of something like Islam it, well it can't be so I don't you guys know, don't it, believe. it is belief, yeah. It's just whatever's written in the so Quran like, and the other texts. This is this is the final thing. Yeah. So like Islam, and because we don't need another messenger anymore. Why? Yeah. The Quran yeah. has been in perfectly preserved state. Mm -hmm. We don't have any problems with that. And mm -hmm. there's two billion Muslims. Yeah. So what's the need for another messenger? Yeah. We have everything that we need. So do Chris? So does like Christianity or Christians or Jewish people? Do they believe in a final prophet? Yeah, they think they think that it's theirs. No, no, no. It's like I, I don't know about the like. What do you mean the final prophet? So, like at, at when Christians do they believe there's like after the Bible was written? Do they believe after that point there's more prophets to come? I think I think they I think that's a thing. I think in Judaism it is, but and I don't think Christianity explicitly here. states that there's no more prophets. Okay. In yeah yeah he's right because in Judaism they think like. Like uh, like the Son of God is yet to come. I think Jesus was just like one of, um, like another prophet. Yeah, I mean, I can like I can read. Oh, but they same. believe that there's a Son of God. Yeah, that, but he hasn't come on earth yet. Jewish people, really. Jewish people, yeah. But and Christ Christians believe that Jesus is going to come back and like. But we also believe that that oh, really? Jesus, yeah, but not that like he's going to get resurrected, but like he's just going to come because the Antichrist and everything. Explain. I, I, I don't know. Okay, so this is it's called the Jal for us. So like, there's signs. So the day of judgment, right? This no, is like this, this scary day, bro. Like the horns blow, yeah. and you. It's like Ragnarok. <laughs> yeah, you draw that comparison. Bad well. news, bro. Yeah. And so this is like one of the final signs. What is the day of judgment again? It's like the oh, yeah. end of all times. Yeah, pretty much. So this is like end of the world. Everybody gets pulled out of their graves. Like all the souls. 
and you get presented in front of God and you basically like explain every single sin and that's when you get told out. that's when you find out if you're going to Jannah or Jahannam for, for Christians it's like Jesus reveals the ultimate truth like the thing with the dead coming back to life like that's all and like you present your sins to Christ and then like you hear the ultimate truth so there's something that we don't know yet I think that's okay like, yeah, that's hold up, hold presented up. so if you're I thought when you die that's when you that's when like no I think I think people like their soul is like waiting for the day of judgment yeah. I think oh, I think some okay. people I think martyrs like certain people just instantly go so uh, what happens when you so, die okay so here's the thing like saints or something like it's that like you die right yeah and you're waiting for the day of judgment and that can be a comfortable waiting period that can be oh. an uncomfortable waiting period yeah or for martyrs it just goes by like nothing and they're just like yeah. they don't even have to worry it's about like that. it's like the sense of time oh. and then like, for even like when when you're in heaven like there's like you crawl up this like you go up the stairs and you go through like all these valleys and stuff and that journey can be seamless or it can be difficult yeah. like for depending example, on your level of righteousness but you, you're gonna get there eventually right have you heard of purgatory no it's like a, it's the waiting period between your death and when you enter heaven so that's what christians are referring to when they say like i'm going to heaven after i die or hell after i die they're referring to the waiting period no 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 no, no, no. it's the end goal it's like the same as what he's saying what like it's the end like there's a purgatory between your death okay. and when you go so when you die and so as he's saying like yeah. d- depending on the severity of your sins your repentance it can either be easy or it can be like extremely hard and like arduous. so you don't go to heaven or hell when you die not immediately not immediately yeah. you it, wait you wait everybody you wait everybody waits until the day of judgment yeah and like that waiting period can basically be non-existent if you're very righteous like if you're a martyr uh-huh. or it can be sucky like the dirt can be like freaking suffocating you yeah, or it can it just be like depends, but your soul is still your soul doesn't go to heaven yet and then the day of judgment is freaky too it's like that like because there's n- no explanation like your truth just comes out mm-hmm. and like your hands and you know like if you're jerking off all the time like your hands will like testify against you you know oh, okay and shit like that here's what i always thought and this is what messed me up i was always wondering about this you know for us you're like you're reborn over and mm-hmm. over again right and until you reach that like moksha yeah. like your, your soul is liberated always wondered why like christians and like hindus believe or, or not christians and Hindus, like christians and muslims believe like after like a hundred years of your life but like, i mean that's even like 80 years of your life you immediately go to heaven or hell that didn't make sense to me yeah, so like you thought like there's people in heaven right now yeah that's what i thought i, I was like no, 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 was it's like it's like time passes differently time passes differently for people between that, death that's and... so similar bro because yeah, yeah, yeah I, that's, remember what i told you like all yeah. religion is the same thing yeah yeah there's like it's, there's it's, like it's, it's not similar. yeah there's also like if you live a good life like for us if you live a good life like you live by dharma then there's like it happens eventually there's you know you you have to experience less like your weight will be less like yeah. every life that you live good like dharmically then you're getting closer and closer to that yeah, workshop right. to oh, the liberation yeah, so like yeah. if, if i do good things for the rest of my life and then i keep doing good things and for the rest of my that life, wait time life. is gonna be so much shorter yeah right but if you're doing bad things you're just setting yourself back this is like i think what's patanok do you know what i'm talking about this is prime Quran. no this is not what this is not what he called it man 
Well, go up on read about that. Hold up. So let me see that. Yeah, what is it? Yamaloka is a Hindu equivalent where sinners are tormented after. Also, the abode of it is a is located beneath the earth. I, I read. You never heard of this? I, I've heard of it. I don't I've know, read stories of it. I have to click on this, see where it originates from. Definitely the Puranas. Like, the the other Veda describes a realm of darkness where murderers are confined after death. So the reason I think that humans may have written this is like, you know, a fear aspect maybe. Yeah, it's true. Do you read it there? It exists for sure. Because it's in the Vedas. Okay. Oh, okay. But like they expanded on it a lot more. Yeah. But like, yeah, it's the man-made text, like Manishmati, for example. There's, there's certain Islamic beliefs that people think like hell is temporary. Like it'll eventually hell would be yeah. destroyed. Makes sense. Yeah. But the law, that's the one you're talking about. Yeah. I mean, in Islam, it's really not that impossible to go to heaven. I feel like getting, what is it? What was it? Eternal what? salvation. Moksha. Moksha. I think Moksha is like a lot harder than getting... It in. seems harder. That's what I think. But it's the same. Because we believe that everything is the same. Yeah, across but like your bad karma is like a lot harder to get rid of. What do you mean? Like in Islam, like if your last words... You're not... You, you never... You don't get rid of your bad karma, right? You're... There's a certain amount of experience you're like trying to get, right? Or you're trying to achieve. So it's just balanced out by the good karma you do. There's no way, you're not thinking about it. There's, that thought doesn't exist as per our beliefs. You can't cancel or you can't get rid of bad karma. It doesn't stick with you. It's not sticking with you. It's just something that you do. But like, if you do like, more good things then you're getting closer to that goal so i guess like people like i guess it's easier that's because that's, that's what i was thinking that i told you what i used to believe i used to believe that you just used to you just after your life you go to heaven or hell right but like now i'm thinking about it it makes so much sense to me because it's the same like you don't you don't immediately get something right you know the the way i used to justify it bro like the the reason I used to justify it was like that God wanted people to live their best life. When I thought this, I didn't know this before, that yeah. people, there was a waiting period. But the reason I used to, just, like the way I used to just, like Christian websites. The way I justified this was like Islam and Christianity, the reason they say like after your, cause again, I didn't know this. The reason they say after your life, you go to heaven or hell is to like motivate people to live their best life possible that's how i used to justify it because oh, okay. i genuinely thought that there wasn't a waiting period i didn't know about this waiting period mm-hmm. so i thought like this is all after hinduism it was written so that like the you know human, the same as the Puranas. it's getting worse yeah yeah so it's like to motivate people to live like that well, like, even on the day of judgment you can intercede for yourself and like try to explain and get forgiveness on the day of judgment yeah even if you think um like one thing is said that like I tell you like Allah will forgive all your sins all this stuff I tell you like Allah will turn your bad sins into good sins Allah likes sinners who repent there's a saying Jannah heaven is full of sinners who repent Um, but all of that mercy it says that like Allah's mercy comes in a hundred parts and only that's only one of it and the 99 is saved for the day of judgment when we're gonna need it 
So if we if we imagine all of that as being one percent of a hundred percent mercy, it's a lot. Yeah, <laughs> it's a lot. But um, I don't think there's people in heaven right now. Think it's a good place to end it. Yeah, I don't know. I can don't see what else we discuss on. Yeah. I guess like my biggest surprise was how like, I I I had a foundational belief that all religion of like like there's different workarounds but they all like in terms of values and stuff but like ethics and like the end goal I think I thought was like the same in every religion it is very 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 similar at least yeah and but even I was surprised at how much even textually uh like Abrahamic religions all have in common yeah I think I think there there is some like universal ethic code I think there's something that like humans have discovered that seems to be universally true that is consistent throughout almost every culture you know yeah. you know like eastern europeans or people like dude, people in china are like not that religious okay but they're as morally sound as muslims are sometimes where they don't have sex before marriage and they're like all this stuff mm-hmm. but they don't have religion I think there's some universal ethics that exists for certain mm-hmm. that you know that, that that there is an objective morality. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. That's what dharma is. Mm-hmm. Objective morality. Right. And I think um, eternal truth. Yeah. There's right and there's wrong. I think I, think, I don't know. I, I do think that like people are steering. And I guess you know if you look at most of human history, I guess people haven't been always on that way. But yeah, I guess we're a lot more similar, you know, than, than we are farther apart. Yeah, and like our beliefs are all shared. We all believe that murder is wrong. We don't need religion to tell us that. Right. Yeah, but even you know, even more specific beliefs. Yeah, yeah. Like we all believe that sex before marriage is wrong. Yeah. Traditionally. Yeah. Yeah. And it's I don't just, know about that's like a, There's probably like tribals who don't agree. I'd say. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, but those tribals haven't had introspective thought on morality. Yeah. If they sat down and did. Then it would be a religion. They have, I think it comes with civilization. Yeah, exactly. So you know, this is like you know what I think the next stage in civilization is. I was talking to Rishi about this. I maybe I mentioned it to you, but you know, if you start talking, again, oh, um, I'm probably talking to you and Jay about it. But right. like, the world becomes one. There's no countries. Hey, you're saying that. You're saying that. Like we, you're like we become world citizens. Yeah. Instead of that's the. I think that's just gonna happen just because we're gonna be interplanetary. That's, yeah, that's going to happen. But I but, think that's no, but, the next stage but, for civilization. Like if you're looking on like tribals, like you know, like oh my god, like they were like their tribals, they have their own like groups or whatever. Mm-hmm. I think the future will be looking at us like oh my god, these people are Indians and Chinese. They weren't one group. Yeah. yeah. No, actually, I think those different groups will always exist. What? I think. As like specific like Earth and like Mars or something. No, because like look at look at this room. I think it'll like you and you and me yeah. or us. We see Chinese people as all being the same, but if you zoom in, they all think they're so different. Like there's the Uyghurs, there's Cantonese people. Mentally, not physically. Yeah, Phys- yeah. Physically, they can be very different too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like we all. I think we're all. I mean, dude, think about white people. They probably think Indians are all the same. But you know all these different differences, yeah. like. You, you never you don't see two Indians as being the but same even in there's that difference, there's so many differences between you guys yeah. so if you zoom out maybe everybody on earth is going to look the same but we're all still going to have the same differences between I us. think like I would I would take what you just said in the beginning and steer it in a different direction I think if you like look at us like like I think it'll like 
these differences will cease to exist, bro. Like I think for we started out as different groups in different locations and now the world is becoming we're more similar, globalized. Yeah. We're all like I think we're going to look more similar than more different in the future. And also I think like look at how much interracial marriage is happening now. Like I thought about this the other day. Like people are talking about all these changes happening in the world. But if you really think about the changes happening in the world, that's different from any time in history. Yeah, interracial, interracial marriage, bro, yeah. that has never happened before in history. Yeah, I mean, like, we've been so be- separate from each other. We've been marrying within the same communities. Yeah. Now this is happening. Like, think about the consequences of it. If we, in the future, like, and interracial marriage is not going away. I'd argue that it's something that's happening that's becoming more prevalent. Not. Do less you see like, anything wrong with that? With interracial marriage? Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I yeah. Actually, yeah, I think this is like a universal truth. Yeah. Like, exactly. We don't see we don't see problems with the same things. Exactly. Like we all accept racism to be exactly. wrong. Exactly. Uh, here's, so here's like the final sermon of the prophet. So oh, that's a good is, place to end. <laughs> yeah. So this is his final speech before he died. Okay. In the sixties. So here is this. Here's racism. So this is trying to sum up his, uh, you know, what the, what he wants people to do at the very end. Highlight right, so, a part for us to read at the end. Okay. So not reading at all. Uh, what? If, if if the listener or viewer is interested in the final service, yeah, so he, he you guys can look this up. Wait, here's yeah. here's here's Just basically that one part, bro, for the end of the episode. This is basically a summary. Yes, bro. This is basically a summary of Islam. Okay, so this is Allah. We say there's no god but Allah, and He does all this stuff. Okay, and then um, yeah, yeah. Here's something specific. Don't, don't do don't do interest. Stay away from Satan. You have certain rights, but they also have rights a woman. It is true that you have certain rights with regard to a woman, but they also have rights over you. If they abide by your right to them belongs the right to be fed and clothed in kindness. Do treat your woman well and be kind to them for they are your partners and committed helpers. And it is your right that they do not make friends with any of you whom you do not approve, as well as to never commit adultery. Good. So, okay. and, uh, hang on. Uh, I think that, and like, what, going back to what Sean was saying earlier, this is like a quick uh, epilogue, uh, I guess. But going back to what Sean was saying earlier about us becoming more united, I don't think that we'll get rid of all our differences completely. But I think that, like, we'll be able to, like, we can't, like, the U.S. like can't stand like some Russian policies. Yeah. I think we'll be able to put those differences aside and work more cohesively, like rationally. Like the fact that we've been able to have this conversation right now is like another. Like thing that kind of like shows that we're yeah like we can coexist. How many Muslims and Hindus were? Ah, I guess that's different because yeah. Okay, how many are in six hundred when Islam <laughs> yeah. was revealed? Yeah. How many Muslims were talking to Hindus? Oh, I mean, they're so different. Yeah. We're in completely different parts of the world. Yeah, yeah. I think the Christian Do they even know about Hindus. I mean, they probably knew a lot of Hindus, but like so little. Yeah. The Abrahamic dialogue has always existed, though. Yeah. And those those communities are always speaking to yeah. each other. And yeah. Yeah. separate. Thanks for coming. Yeah. Oh, okay. Thanks for coming on, bro. Yes, Appreciate yeah. it. But we actually had a good podcast. Yeah, yeah. that was good. <laughs> All right, yeah, we're done. <laughs> I'm, I'm good. What if we just didn't record? <laughs> <laughs>